Hey, everybody, this is a preview of today's members episode. If you want to hear the whole thing, head on over to theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button, and become a member today. Merkel Media. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long, bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave, and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. But the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand, and he's running really fast. And spears... Dan holds him up like this. Somebody else, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. Reached my hand into this bush and I touch air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Yep. 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 Welcome to the show, everybody listening to The Confessionals. I'm your host, Tony Merkel. Thanks for being here. If you have a crazy, wild experience you want to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is contact at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's contact at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section and you can reach me that way as well. Either way works for me, just get a hold of me. Welcome to another member's episode. If you're a member right now, hopefully you're listening on the brand new appy. If you're not, go ahead and download it in your app store, whether it's Apple or Google Play. It is available for download. Go ahead, download it and enjoy the new user experience for members. Now, today we have Caesar coming on the show today and Caesar emailed us and my wife is like, yo, you need to get this guy on the show. He has a lot of shadows of the episode we did from way back in the day, episode 122, Secret Military Enochian Technology with Charlie. You guys know that show. Well, Caesar has a life that's reminiscent of that. You see, he was stationed in Antarctica in 2003, shortly after he joined the military. And from there, it started the roller coaster. He found himself in President Bush's limo at one time, reptilian roommates. We go down the time travel portal entries route, underwater bases, working with greys, all of the above. I believe that Caesar is being gang stalked slash having to deal with a handler that is not really confronting him in real life situations. It's a big mind game for him. And he comes on to show to share today. He was very hesitant because it's hard to make sense of everything he talks about. It seems so random and it's random to him too. 
but he wanted to share today and I got to have him and Charlie on the show together. I think that's the next move here. I'm going to reach out to Charlie and see if he wants to do a joint conversation with Caesar, but we're definitely going to have Caesar back on the show, whether Charlie wants to join or not, but I'm pretty sure Charlie's going to be down for that action. So let's get to Caesar and his wild, seemingly random life dealing with military and what comes after that. But it all starts before he even joined the military. So let's get to Caesar right now. All right, today we have Caesar on the show. Caesar, what's going on, man? Hey, another day, another dollar. Another day, another dollar. I love it. Uh, listen, man, you and I have been wanting to talk for quite some time now, I'd say. I feel like it's been a while. It probably hasn't been that long, but I think we had to reschedule two or three times now. And uh, I just, I'm so happy to sit and talk with you now because uh, I, you're one of those people, man, that we got an email and my wife is like, you need to talk to this guy yesterday. <laughs> and uh, and I, 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 uh, I was like, when, whenever my wife says that, I'm, I'm all ears. I'm like, okay, yes, dear. You know, because when I, when I read the email, however long ago now it's been since you sent it, uh, I was like, holy crap. Yeah, I want to talk to this guy. So I'm glad you're here. That's my way, of, my long way of saying thanks for joining the show, Caesar. Yeah, it's good to be here. And uh, I think it's a story that uh, should be told. Uh, crazy stuff going on. And uh, I think people should uh, definitely, well, at least know about it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and just to give people an understanding where before we jump into things, uh, you what you just said there is actually kind of uh, what what uh, Charlie said when I first talked to him. It, it was this motivation of people need to know this, you know. Uh, and Charlie, if anybody is listening that doesn't know what I'm talking about, episode 122, uh, Charlie. Um, and today Caesar is coming forward with another story that is heavily involved in his service in the in the United States military. Uh, and in the email that he sent to us, the subject header is USCG Helicopter Search and Rescue, Time Travel, Reptilian Roommate. Uh, you had me at helicopter, essentially. So <laughs> uh, I appreciate you being here, man. I'm going to let you kind of take it away from here and uh, walk us into this wild story you have uh, starting back in, I guess, two, I guess it starts back in 2003 when you joined the, the Coast Guard, right? Uh, no. Uh, started back in, a, well, yeah, the story starts when I was, a, uh, I guess, a fireman when I joined the United States Coast Guard. Uh, but uh, it actually starts from childhood, I guess, but uh, I can go from there. I got to speculate on maybe two or three things, but I think it's pretty easy assumptions uh, that everybody could follow. Awesome, man. Well, take it, take it as far back as you want to take it, man. So if it's, if it's childhood, that's what we need to do because I, I firmly believe that the more information we have on somebody's life, it could shine light as to why certain things happen to them throughout their life later on. So uh, go back as far as you need to go back to draw this picture out. For sure. Um, there's going to be uh, some stuff that people are not going to believe that is, uh, well, I'll just go through the story. All right. Uh, so I grew up in the Midwest, a uh, pretty normal childhood, uh, that, that, uh, loving parents, son of a carpenter. My mother was a sweetheart. Um, but growing up, we would have a, well, I have a 
it's me, my sister, and my brother. And I'm in the middle. I'm a middle child. And we would all have different experiences at night, I guess what you would say. Uh, my brother would, he would call them, uh, if you took a CD and you took a light and you flashed it on top of your ceiling or a flashlight, that he would see these shapes and colors reflecting off, his, off the ceiling. What I think he was really seeing was orbs, but I can't really speak for him. Uh, my sister, growing up, she would have, uh, she'd wake up in the middle of the night. She told this story. There was a lightning storm, and she woke up during a thunder, a thunder boom or a lightning strike. And when she looked up, when she was on, like laying on her bed on her pillow, there was a ghost that was. Uh, inside of her but was sitting up so it was sitting up in her um even a funny story about her one time i was at a horse track and i called her up to get the winner and uh she got it right um me at night i would this is when i was young i could never sleep still to this day i have trouble sleeping um so you Pretty much, or I would pretty much be in the state of, I know people talk about sleep paralysis, uh, but I would constantly be in that state. I could never really get into a deep sleep. So I would hear people whis whispering or and whistling when I'd be waking up in the morning. And I go ask my mom and my dad, I'm like, hey, were you guys whistling or talking about something around my bedroom? And they'd be like, no, nah, we, we don't know what you're talking about. So there was an interaction between something of all of us at a very early age. And then that's when we started, I, subconsciously, this is very strange, when we were kids, then we would start sleeping next to each other, always in the same bed, all, all three of us. And we did that for years until we, you know, we grew out, wait, maybe, you know, fifth grade, fourth grade, whatever. But we would always be next to each other. So we were very close. I don't know if that's, uh, what do you want to call it? Safety in numbers. Or whatever it was. But anyway, we were being messed with somehow, some way at night. All of us. It got to the point where I would have to say out loud, like, I don't want to see you anymore. This is this is not right. I just don't want to see you. All right. Fast track a few years later, there's a movie that came out. Uh well, all right, let me start with this. So the three of us we all go to the same school as a Catholic school. And for some reason, somehow in my sister's class and in my brother's class and in my class, we would all have to go to this uh, nunnery after school. So one year my sister would be going to this nunnery that was only a block away where she would go to after school, um, whatever it was, because she would, turn her R's into W's. She'll be like white or, you know, like white would be white. or I don't know. I don't know how you say it. But anyway, my brother would have the same thing. He would turn his R's into his W's. But I didn't have that. What I started going over there for was, uh, suppose I couldn't spell. I was very quiet. And then when I would go there and I would, there'd be a nun in charge who was teaching me after hours how to spell. She'd be like, I don't even know why you're here. This is crazy. 
Um, so that lasted for about two years, three years for, for each of us. Fast track. Um, okay. So I told whatever that was messing with us, like, hey, I don't want to see your face. You scare me. You need to go away. Well, that's when my stereo started turning on at night. By this time, I was already a little bit more mature. I had a feel of what was going around in the world, uh, you know, whatever. So, but my stereo would start turning on at night. It would be blasting just for, for no reason. I don't know why. There's no timer on it. I don't know what was going on. And then I started coming home from high school where I would be the only one in the house. And then my stereo would just start blasting. I have no idea. I'm like, crap. Because my father being a carpenter and me being an apprentice then some weird way, a Padawan, whatever, carpenter. <clears throat> I would be help, helping him build my room, and it was in the basement. And so me and my brother both had bedrooms in the basement. And for some reason, when I got home from high school, that stereo would just turn on and start blazing and for no reason. I'm like, shit, now I got to go down there and turn it off. And it was cold. For some reason, I just felt cold. I don't know why I was turning on. I don't know why I had to go down there and turn it off. I mean, obviously, turn it off, but it was a chilling uh, experience. So I'm like, all right. And this happened a lot. And let me backtrack a little bit, too. My brother and my sister and me, we all went to the, we're all pretty much within four, four years apart. We went to a babysitter. Uh, we called her Noni. She was an Italian grandmother, sweet lady. But it was very strange because we all went to the same school. There were other kids that were also there. It was like a little mom and pop daycare, except she was the only one there. And it'd be very odd because sometimes I would be the only person there. And I'm like, school's out. Where is everybody? It's just me isolated in this in this room. My brother and sister were not, were not there. It didn't make sense to me at the time. I was like, whatever, they're outside playing. But no, they were nowhere to be found. So I don't know where my brother and sister were while I'm in this little house. And it's a daycare. I was like, where is everybody? I look back at that now. But anyway, fast track ahead. <laughs> where it takes kind of a 180 turn. So I go through high school. There's only one of my friends that actually graduates with me. Out of all my friends, all my close friends, my best friends, only one person who's really not even my best friend, but he's a very good friend. And we're the only two that graduate out of all of us. All the other ones, I don't know. I was not good. Anyway, at the age of 17, I was approached by a person. And even to this day, I remember his face, and I'll get back into that later. I was approached by somebody. He bypasses my friend. He opens his hand and he says, would you like to buy speed? I'm like, speed? I don't even know what that is. He goes, it's $40. You just get it into your body. I'm like, I don't even know how to do that. He's like, you can do whatever, blah, 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 blah. I was like, all right. By that time, I've already done LSD, mushrooms, weed, and whatever, whatnot. I was like, screw it. It's kind of a reckless, reckless kid in the first place. I'm like, all right. So I buy it. I don't know how to do it, whatever. I throw it away. I was like, this is stupid. 
that was about one year, six months before I actually joined the service. Uh, okay, I joined the service. Uh, United States Coast Guard. This is Cape May, New Jersey. And it's the only second plane ride that I've ever actually taken in my entire life. So when we land, we're in this bus. And we're getting closer to Cape May. I think the plan was messed up. I don't know why. But we ended up showing up late. It was like 9 at night. It was dark. And we're approaching Cape May. And we pull up. There are people crying. I mean, like like sobbing tears. And they're like, oh, shit. What's going on? And then you get off the bus. And it's just like, you know. Supposedly in the Army, they're drill instructors. But in the United States Coast Guard, it's, they call them CCs. Company commanders. So the CCs are all yelling at you, you know, blah, 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 do this, do that, do that, go here, sign this, and I'm trying to rush you through. Now, my company was the first in the United States Coast Guard history to have two chiefs, E6s, actually, yeah, two, uh, two chiefs uh, to be company commanders, the CC. This never happened before. And while I was there, I also became the colors captain of the entire, of the entire base. Very odd. I'm like, out of, out of these hundreds of people, you guys picked me to do this. This is, uh, freaking crazy. I don't know why I'm here. I'm doing this. Anyway, I did it. And then um, upon graduation, there was a 19 gun salute, a helicopter flyby, and I got, my CC whispering, whispering in my ear, stand the fuck up straight. I was like, all right, man, it's pretty intense. And I've, I've never heard of that either. A 19 gun salute, a state senator, state the state senator at the time of New Jersey came and made a speech, and we get a 66H5 helicopter flyby. That's un, unheard of that, that I know about. So anyway, while you're there, you get something called a dream sheet. Your dream sheet is your like where you would want to go, what you would want to do. And before this, let me backtrack again. When I was going into the recruiter, they're saying you have a guaranteed 13th district. I'm like, I don't even know what that is. I never agreed to that, but I guess kind of young and stupid at the time. Like, what the what's a 13th district? So before I even went there, there was a decision that I had a 13th district. Guarantee. So I was like, all right, screw it. I don't know what that is, but let's do it. Which means it's the, the Washington, because a lot, all right, let me explain this. A lot of people don't know the United States Coast Guard is not just on the coast. They're intercoastal, intercoastal highways, riverways, creeks that are all managed by the United States Coast Guard. So you have inner districts and you have coastline districts, but either way, it's all in a district. So you got guys that are, uh, working on uh, booby tenders and river tenders, as well as doing high-endurance cutters out on the open ocean in international waters. Well, I saw a video when in boot camp that said, um, United States Coast Guard, uh, polar icebreaker, polar sea, polar star, WAGB-11, WAGB-10, which stands for... Coast Guard Arctic gunboat. Don't I don't understand why the W means Coast Guard, but it's just what it is. 
So I'm like, get the fuck out of here. You mean you're talking about I can go to Antarctica? You got to be crazy. I was like, hell yeah, I'm signing up for that. <laughs> so I signed up. <laughs> I had no idea what I was getting into. I signed up for that. And it was like, this is awesome. Uh, I get it. You're on. And, and when they fill out your dream sheet, this was a preview of today's sheet. member episode. If you want to hear the whole thing, head on over to the confessionals podcast.com, hit the join button and become a member today.